All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, I think that's Mark Spector's, one of his favorite bands. I think he's a big heavy metal guy, I think, too. Uh, let's uh, bring in uh, Speck now for On The Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download their new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy. Speck, looking sharp, feeling sharp. How are you doing this morning, big guy? Ah, uh, it's a beautiful day, even though it's pouring rain. <laughs> so it's pouring rain where you are? Are you at the lake still, or where are you? No, no, I'm in the West End. Okay. Uh, I'm on around 107th, 124th Street. It's not pouring rain, but it's coming down a little bit. It's supposed to be a nice day, though, so uh, all this will pass. My friend, it's going to be a beautiful day here in the Big E. <laughs> uh, we had uh, your buddy, Scott Burnside, on a little earlier. You guys go way back, right? Oh, yeah, I've known him for uh, many, many, many years, covered a bunch of things with him, Stanley Cups, and mm-hmm. all kinds of GM meetings and stuff. He's a good man and a pretty well-rounded reporter, huh? For for sure he is. Uh, we talked about his book and everything. Uh, text line at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. One of the topics that he did discuss was Akeem Alou, and one of our texters, Freezer Bag, just uh, came in with, uh, do you think Akeem is taking his call? I said, yes, but first got to make that call. Yeah, listen, like, you know, let's let's just call facts facts. Mm-hmm. Bill Peters is, was exiled to Russia for a reason, and we all know what it was. Uh, if you're going to bring him back, okay, well, you can talk about bringing him back, but there's steps you have to take. Yep. You know, he, there's things that have to happen in order to, for you to be able to check some boxes and say, we've done some work, we've, we've tried to mend some fences, we're going to give this guy a second chance. I'm all for second chances, man. I'm yeah. not in this cancel culture thing. You know, there's not many things you can do in my mind that you shouldn't eventually get a second chance. Uh, but there's things that have to happen en route to that chance. The Lethbridge Hurricanes of the Western Hockey League and Bill Peters didn't do many of those things. They just kind of showed up in town and said, hey, we're back for our second chance now. Uh, they could have, it was just ham handed. I, I can't say it better than Scotty said it. They just, they didn't handle it right. They didn't do enough pre curse, you know, pre, pre, um, work. And everybody was surprised. All of a sudden there's a Bill Peters press conference and nobody knows about it. They, they didn't handle it well enough at all. Mark Spector's our uh, guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Um, are you? Do you get excited when the season is starting like the players do as a reporter? Um, when hockey season's just right around the corner, do you do you get that feeling, or you do you wish you had a couple more weeks at the lake, or, or, or like what, what's it like for you? No, no, I've been doing this a long time, and I'll tell you what: if I stop getting that feeling, yeah. if I stop wanting to go to the games. If you know, I I'm I can honestly say to you, Kev, I've done this since you know around 1990 covering the NHL, mm-hmm. and I wake up on game day morning and I and I kind of you know how you do you wake up you think what's my day like today and when it's a game day I'm always got a little jump in my step I still look forward to the games uh, I still like going to the other cities I love being on the road with the Oilers I don't love what's happened with airports and travel much. Uh, if anything's going to get me out of this gig, that might be that. But no, for sure. And and listen, especially now, like we we're about to embark on a season of a team that, you know, has every chance to win a Stanley Cup. It's certainly a challenge for it. I won't lie to you. There was years in the, you know, the late 2008, 9, yeah. 10, 11, where 
they were out of it by American Thanksgiving and, and we knew that was going to happen and it wasn't much fun. There wasn't much to look forward to it. I'll, I'll give you that, but that's not now. There's lots to look forward to now. And that, you know, the, the future changed when the bingo ball came out and it said Connor McDavid, didn't it? Well, that's certainly absolutely right. Yeah. There's no question this, you know, we're not telling any secrets, but we say <laughs> this is good if they, if they, uh, had picked Jack Eichel. Yes. I mean, Jack Eichel's a really good player. Don't get me wrong. It's not Connor McDavid. What did Strud- Strudwick always used to say? He, had, he pulled over on the side of the road. He couldn't believe it. He had to pull over when it was announced. <laughs> How is anyone check in on old Struddy? How's he doing after that oh. awesome weekend? <laughs> I mean, all right? I, we, we talked about it yesterday morning that... <laughs> He must even hurt. I mean, you saw how many times that uh, Daniel Jones got pounded. And I just felt every time he got pounded, I could feel that Strudwick was feeling like a shot to the head, to the back. Eh? He died a little bit inside. How about the New York football scene? I mean, one you got the Giants losing 40 nothing, and on the other end of town, your new quarterback gets four snaps. And by all accounts, it's an Achilles injury, which – Tends to end your season, so let's hope it's not, and let's hope it doesn't. But can you imagine a worse start for those two football teams that we've seen the last two days? Well, no, but it was a good ending for New York last night. And I mean, I said at the top of the show, right at seven o'clock, that I mean, the city needed that yesterday. Just when you saw, I mean, the whole nine eleven thing, and you covered sports lots in New York in the last twenty years, and every time you go there, you know, you still feel it. You still feel it. And then when you saw. Basically, at the very beginning of the game, you saw the emotion about 9-11. You saw Aaron Rodgers come out, and then you see the deflation when he went down. Uh, but then when you see the win with the punt return by Xavier Gibson, the the city needed that, and you could feel it. So I guess a question to you would be, Speck, like, have you been in New York covering things where you've kind of felt things around 9-11 and felt the city, the emotion, uh, the heartbeat of the city, and, and what it's like to kind of cover New Yorkers, New York teams at this time of the year, I guess? Yeah, I've covered a couple World Series, the one in old Yankee Stadium, one in new, and that was that was pretty cool. Um, uh, I did the one of the, you know, one of the cool experiences actually was, uh, you know, that uh, New York tune that uh, Jay-Z and Alicia Keys did together. Uh, it had just come out and they played, they played uh, it right in the infield of I believe it was old Yankee Stadium okay. before before game one, uh, and all the players were on the top step watching that show, and it was you know it was a tune about New York, and it, I don't know it was just a special thing. It's something that you see once in your life, and I'm not going to see again. So that was cool. Uh, listen, New York, New York's an unreal town. Mm-hmm. Even you know, it's such a sports town, and, and covering the Rangers in there is is you know it's a thrill to be in Madison Square. Anyone listening to this? this uh the radio this morning and i always get this question from people what's the best place to see a road game and there's a few of them there's not i I don't ever have one answer for you but but if you haven't been inside madison square gardens to see a a hockey game or you know if you're lucky billy Joel's playing in there one night (laughs) uh get to new york with the oilers one time and follow them through and watch a game in new york uh madison it's an honor to be inside you know Mm -hmm. the, the 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 shrine that is Madison Square Gardens. They love their hockey there, man. It's a good, good hockey town, not just baseball and football. And Knicks, you know, at MSG. Knicks. College. Listen, yeah. There's enough 
there that whoever's good gets all the attention. If you that's the problem. If you're a bad team in New York, you get forgotten about off the quick because there's so many options, right? And I, I you know, the Jets and Giants are going to fight for that. It's NFL. They get a long rope. But I'll tell you what, you don't want to be in the back pages of those tabloids every day with another L hanging around your neck because it's a tough place to be a bad team. <laughs> you got that right. Uh, we're on the mark with Mark Spector, energized by Booster Juice on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports, Sports 1440. Uh, did you cover anything like maybe U.S. Open or have you gone to maybe U.S. Open? That's kind of one of a bucket list for me to go to, you know, to Flushing Meadows. I went to a Mets game and took the train from uh, Manhattan with a Yankees jersey on going to a Mets game. How, uh, oh. that, that's got some, you got to have some kahunas to do that. Well, or a lack of uh, something between your ears. No brain. <laughs> I've you, not been to a U.S. Open. I'd love to go. Yeah, uh, um, It's a typical New York thing. There's so many things to do. You can't do them all. When I go there, I tend to be working. We did get, Michelle and I got married in New York at oh. Central Park. That's pretty, yeah, pretty cool. Wow. Um, and spent a week doing all this touring around town and doing some cool things. But uh, listen. You know what, everybody out there, I know that, you know, trips are expensive and all those things, but if you get a chance to get to New York City, I'll tell you one thing. You never go to another town and say, hey, this place reminds me of New York City. (laughs) There's one New York City, and that's all there is. And if you haven't been there yet, put some money together one day and go and take your bride. It's a beautiful place. Was that like the royal wedding in Central Park? What was that like with Chelka and you in the park? Well, it was a really cool wedding in the park, but you know what was the coolest thing? I'll tell you a quick story. When I was, so we get married in Central Park and it was great. Absolutely great. A place called the Belvedere Castle. And then we're going around town and we're, we're getting pictures taken, right? Mm-hmm. So New York, so, so the limo guy drops you off. He says, look, I can't park here. I'm going to meet you over there. So you're walking, you're doing a little bit of walking, right? Cause you're in New York city and it's really busy. And every place we walked, I'm in a tuck, she's in a beautiful dress Every street we walk down in, in the the mammoth that is New York City, people walked to the side and said, congratulations. <laughs> when we went into a restaurant or a bar, they, they I'm not lying to you, Kev, they clapped for us. And really? They said, congratulations. New Yorkers were unbelievably uh, cool about it. Everybody patting me on the back. Hey, way to go, man. Beautiful bride. It was really, really. <laughs> don't let people tell you New Yorkers are rude because it's not the truth. Oh man, you got to if, yeah. if you got a text uh, to talk about Specs uh, New York wedding, uh, shoot <laughs> us uh, one off at eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Well, that must have been. So, how many years now has it been? Well, it was back in two thousand eleven. So it was twelve years ago, August yeah. twenty six. Wow. Yes, sir. And it must feel like about forty years for Shelka. Yeah, she always says it feels like about five minutes underwater. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Good stuff, Spec. Scott Burnside. listening right now. Yeah, I know she's listening. You got to be careful, right? That's too late. (laughs) (laughs) Five minutes underwater. No kidding. Um, uh, I'll ask the same question. Uh, one of uh, Scott Burnside's uh, articles on uh, Burnside and Hockey, he said uh, seven players to watch in the NHL this year for him. And then I asked him uh, if he had an eighth player who, from the Oilers, who would it be? So if I ask you the kind of the same question, like, and I said, you can't have McDavid, you can't have Dreisaitl, 
maybe one of the not so usual suspects. So who would that player be for you to keep an eye on for the Oilers this year? Well, there's two ends to this spectrum. On the top end, I'm going to say Evander Kane. Okay. Uh, because we saw what he could do when he arrived. And, man, he was, what did he have, 13 playoff goals? Yes. Uh, in his, in the, you know, the year they went to the Western Conference Final. An unbelievably great compatibility with McDavid. Last year was a bit of a lost year for, for Kane, through no fault of his own. He had nope. a bunch of injuries, and I'm not pinning it on him. That's a guy I'm watching. If he can come back to somewhere near the pace he had his first year, oh, boy, he'll help the Oilers. And... Uh, I would say Jack Campbell for me. Uh, this is a career year for Jack Campbell. He to make last year be a one-off, last year be a fluke. He makes it. He needs to make us all look back and say, "Boy, Jack Campbell sure had one bad year, mm -hmm. but he's back to being a good goalie again." Because if it's two bad years uh, at his age, two bad years might, you know, who knows where it goes from there. So. It's a big year for Jack Campbell. I think he can do it. Mm -hmm. I don't see why he can't, Kev. I'm not, I'm not predicting yeah. here. I'm just telling you, this is an important year for Jack Campbell. How much with Campbell do you think is between the years? Yeah, like 95% of it, yeah. for sure. Uh, but so is so it is for so many players. Like, everybody's talented, mm -hmm. right? Everybody's talented. So why, if you and me have the same talent, why do you get more points than me? Well, maybe you think the game better. Maybe you yeah. know where to be better. Maybe you're a little smarter. Uh, with him, you know, it's he's so overtly tying himself in knots mentally. We can see mm -hmm. it. He says it after the games. I was terrible. Uh, it's all my fault. Uh, you know, yeah, I would say to you that there's a level of mental toughness that this problem existed in Toronto as well. This is something guys in Toronto talked a lot about when Edmund had picked him up. So it's not new, but it is an issue that if he could get to the get over the top uh, and, and maybe sort of clear up his mental approach a yeah. little bit, I'll bet he'll be a better goalie, Kev. Well, we're going to probably discuss that a whole lot more coming up in the weeks to come. Hey, uh, Spec, thanks for this. And, uh, Man, just regale everyone today with your memories of that wedding ceremony in, in Central Park. I mean, it's just a feel-good story of the day, isn't it? It's, hey, listen, it's a, it's a memory we've got forever. We're happy to have it. And I uh, got a beautiful wife. And uh, what's wrong with our lives, man? Life's good. Pal. Nothing, man. So thanks for this. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow at 8. That's Mark Spector. All thanks, right. Beck. <laughs> uh, that was uh, On the Mark, uh, energized by Booster Juice. You could get the boost you need at Booster Juice. Uh, coming up after the break, our headliner of the day from Daily Faceoff, Frank Cervelli. This is the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, the Duke seems to... You got George Michael Wham, you loving those guys, right? That's probably one of your top bands or what? Uh, well, that's, uh, that's, that cult, that's Culture Club. Culture Club. Um, oh. but, uh, yeah, like just those older, older oh. they're fun. I like they all keep, sound keep the same things, it's, it's still early in the morning, Kevin. Got to keep things upbeat, keep <laughs> yeah. people energized. Okay, you know? George, yeah. Culture Club. Wow. Uh, I don't know. We got to get some. We're going to have to talk about the tunes moving forward, I think. Uh, anyway, um, our headliner of the day uh, brought to you by Mr. Rooter. They are sports fans like all of our listeners uh, and are pumped that Sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, you can go to mrrooter.ca. And as is the case every Tuesday and Thursday, our headliner of the day is Frank Cerevelli. Uh, Frank, uh, how's it going from the Daily Faceoff? Uh, how was the weekend, Frank? And I assume you watched a, a little football last night. I did. Uh, that Aaron Rodgers injury was certainly mm -hmm. tough to watch. 
kind of feel for Jets fans. I'm sure some Oiler fans can sympathize. Feels like that uh, that franchise has been cursed the last number of years. And yeah, a lot of hockey this weekend. Youth hockey is uh, we're season is in full swing. So we had a four game weekend and lots going on. Well, tell us a little bit about that. What's what's up with the youth hockey there? Yeah, so I coach uh, my son's team, nine uh, U, and yeah, it's, uh, it's right in Philly. Yep, okay. uh, right in the suburbs in Philly, and uh, definitely, like I said, keeps us busy. So I guess for us, you know, in Edmonton, I, I mean, uh, there could be a few more rinks here. I think we need a few more rinks in our city. But uh, so, what's the accessibility for you like there? Like, how far do you have to go with the the kids, and what's ice time like there? Uh, I have two rinks within seven minutes of oh, my house. Uh, better than here. We have double A and triple A programs. Um, tier one, tier two, junior A is five minutes from my house. Like you can get pretty much anything you really need right in this area. And I'll tell you what, it's changed a lot from when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, my guy actually skates at the same rink that I grew up playing at. And before, you know, even when I was in high school, heading to college, like the first players from my area were really sort of popping into the division one scene. And then all of a sudden you have guys that not only, you know, burst through that ceiling, but then make it to the NHL that I think has really kind of changed everything. What got you into coaching, Frank, besides your son playing? Um, I just wanted to make sure that these, these kids get some quality instruction. Like I've been around the game my whole life and um, not to say that other parents haven't or, or don't. Um, it's just, I feel like, you know, I linked up with a guy that I grew up playing with and, and we do it together. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. to get that kind of instruction, like, you know, it doesn't matter what level you're at, um, wanted to do it the right way. And I think we also do a pretty good job keeping it fun. Oh, good stuff. Uh, good for giving back and being part of the game for sure. Frank Cervelli is our uh, headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. Uh, text line at one 401 From Paul, uh, morning guys, just wanted to make sure my message is coming in. Well, we're reading it, so it is coming in. Uh, if you've got something for Frank, uh, please uh, send us uh, a text. Uh, you know, so last night, and I actually I saw a few of your posts, Frank, and I was trying to relate, and I mean, with 9-11, it's always, you know, it's a, it's a tough day. It's tough all the time, I guess, when you think about it, but, you know, yesterday especially. So what was the day like yesterday for you? And I mean, particularly um, being so close, I mean, we always sort of relate when we can relate sports to 9-11, and we saw exactly what happened 22 years ago. But just kind of run us through your emotions yesterday and kind of how the day progressed. And then with you know, the Jets winning after such a tough start with Aaron Rodgers and things like that. So just run us through kind of how the day went with you emotion-wise. Yeah, it's pretty somber day, Kevin. Um, you know, it's one of those situations you remember exactly where you were. Um, this was still a thing. I was uh, in grade nine. I was in computer class. Uh, and it was one of those things where like we had a TV in the corner of the classroom that was actually on playing the news at the time that it happened. And you could kind of see it uh, in real time, which was amazing um, and really sad. I think the biggest thing was when you start to hear about the other things that are happening around the country, mm-hmm. you know, the plane that goes down in, in Western Pennsylvania, uh, the attack on the Pentagon in D.C. When you live in Philly, the two things that are surrounding you are New York and D.C., 
So the first thing you think is Philadelphia, Independence Hall, Cradle of Liberty, you know, this place is next. So I think there was a lot of fear of the unknown of what happens next. Um, and that stands out. And then I think what hits home now for me is, um, you know, certainly being a dad and, and watching some of the stories that have unfolded over the last 20 years, uh, the first responders and their courage and bravery. I come from a first responder family. Everyone on my wife's side of the family are police officers. Um, you know, that stuff and the courage that they have, like those guys are the real heroes. You know, I think we talk a lot about hockey and, you know, everyone's got a favorite player or a superstar that they love. And I think that word gets thrown around a lot. But to yeah. think of um, really just the courage that they had, the want to put others before yourself, I think is what stands out. And I really remember the feeling of how this country and specifically New York City came together in the wake of those attacks that I, I wish it's a feeling that we could get back again in this country. There was a little bit of it during the pandemic where people, you know, it was like making sure your neighbor's okay and things like that, mm -hmm. um, that I think we could all use a little bit more of. It kind of gets lost at times, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for Very, sure. Very uh, sectioned off in this country, depending on what uh, what your politics are and, and whatever it might be that separates people, wealth, things like that, that um, we have a lot more commonality and common ground than we realize. For sure. Uh, our Mr. Reuter headliner on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Frank Saravelli from Daily Faceoff. Text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. 401 This one comes in from Cheddar. Uh, ask Frank if if Campbell struggles, and he didn't even mention uh, Stuart Skinner, and the Winnipeg Jets are out of the running, could the Oilers look to do a swap plus add minus for Connor Hellebuck? What are your thoughts on that, Frank? It's an intriguing thought, and I would say that there is a lot of pressure facing Jack Campbell and, to a lesser extent, Stuart Skinner. I, I know the playoffs sort of left everyone wanting, but, uh, you know, Stuart Skinner has a strong and solid base of work that I think he can build off of. I've said for a long time, Kevin, that the biggest concern for me with Jack Campbell isn't health or technical or anything like that it's all right between his ears that I don't think there's, you know, there's probably a short list of players in the league that are harder on themselves than Jack Campbell is. And part of that is what makes him great. I think because he has that desire and want to succeed. But part of it too, is you can see his body language change throughout games, especially as he makes a mistake or he lets a goal in and, the best goalies in the world are the ones that shake off the mistakes because what happened in the past shouldn't affect what happens in the future when you're playing goal. And unfortunately for Jack, I think it does uh, far too often. So entering the second year of this deal, he's in a little bit more familiar surroundings. Uh, he has teammates that really like and care for him. They like him as a guy. They mm -hmm. want to see him win. And he's got a lot to prove this year because that's the one I believe question mark of this Oilers team. Now getting to the Hellebuck part of it, first off um, the Oilers, you know, would need to move yeah. a ton of money around in order to make it work. And second, it's not so much just about this year. The idea of having Connor Hellebuck as a rental is tantalizing, I'm sure. But unless he's just that, I have a really hard time believing that Ken Holland is going to be moving assets 
um, in order to to really take a run at then paying this guy nine and a half, nine million bucks for the foreseeable future at a time when the trend is going the other direction that you're seeing other teams pay less for goaltending. Frank Cervelli is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on uh, Sports 1440. Um, I kind of posed the same question, and maybe you've sort of answered it, but I, we had Scott Burnside on at 720, Mark Spector. And he, Mark Spector, did say Jack Campbell. Um, uh, Burnside said Matthias Ekholm, but the question was kind of alluding to one of uh, Scott's articles, seven players to watch. I said, well, who would be your eighth player, Frank? So who would be your eighth player on the Oilers to watch? Now, you can't say Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. I would imagine that Jack Campbell's in the conversation, but would you have another player on your mind that you would might probably as an Oiler fan maybe keep an eye on this year? Yeah, I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins is in for a fascinating year. You know, R&H coming off of a 105-point season that sort of came out of the clear blue sky. Um this is a guy that's sort of been in the mid-60s in terms of average 68, 70 points if he's lucky. And to have that big of a jump, to be that consistent really from start to finish all year last year, can he do it again? That's the big question. I wouldn't be surprised to see him sort of regress to his mean. But in saying that, there's no reason – I, I think maybe he unlocked something. Maybe there's something in his game that he found that he can duplicate or replicate again. You'd assume that things like the shooting percentage and that would come down, but maybe not. And he is such a big part of what Edmonton achieved last year mm-hmm. that they need him to be close to that level again. And they also, you know, I think part of their playoff failures last year, Kevin came down to health. So uh, you know, Evander Kane, um, you know, when you look at Zach Hyman, like those two guys mm-hmm. not being at 100% last year really hurt. So I'd have Nugent Hopkins one and then a couple other wingers on my list as well. Yeah, Zach Hyman for me, uh, a healthy Zach Hyman um, adds so the much to changer. this team. Yeah, for sure. And then a healthy Evander Kane. If those two guys can stay healthy for the bulk of the season, play call it 75 to 80 games, uh, that makes a big, big difference. Uh, last week, Frank, we talked about um, Pittsburgh. We talked about uh, Philadelphia. I wanted to just kind of touch on the Washington Capitals out east because, again, you're really connected to all those teams out there. Um, what did you see, what they did kind of in the off season, the Capitals, and where do you see them moving forward this season? going to be a really similar team. And the one caveat to that is, speaking of health, how does John Carlson look this year? This is a guy that's been a linchpin to their success on the back end and had a really, really scary injury. I'm not sure if, you know, the general sort of league-wide population has an appreciation for what John Carlson went through. He took a slap shot to the ear hole in his helmet, and it not only did it cause a bleed internally – Uh, there were pieces of the helmet that were actually lodged inside his head. So he had significant surgery to repair that and also missed uh, some time uh, just due to the nature of, you know, the concussion and all those things that come with an impact like that. So a really unlucky situation for John Carlson, and it really kind of threw the Caps season uh, off tilt. They've got some real big question marks on their roster. Guys that they tried to move this summer. Evgeny Kuznetsov, I think they'd still like to move if they could. 
Anthony Mantha. They were willing to give him away for quite literally nothing. And at times they were considering a buyout. Then they went and signed Tom Wilson to a long-term extension. So they're a team that um, sort of like Pittsburgh. And I hate making the analogy because since 2005 or six, Pittsburgh and Washington have been tied together, Mm -hmm. not just in the standings and competing against each other for supremacy in the East, but the Sid and the OV uh, comparisons have gone on forever. But I think it's a perfect comparison in that you see Pittsburgh doing things to try and make sure that that championship window stays open. You add Eric Carlson in Washington, They're sort of doing it by piecemeal and haven't really taken the next step forward to see what the next iteration of the Caps looks like. And in some ways, it feels like that transition is going to continue this year in that, well, what happens with Kuznetsov at some point this season or after? Mantha, free agent, you know, they've got to find a way to continue to add to this team that they haven't quite yet. I think the fascinating part is, they're going to have some more flexibility cap-wise to be able to do it. And by the way, a guy that's not really talked about all that much this summer in terms of an acquisition, Max Pacioretty coming off of that second Achilles tear. Uh, tear. Um, he's not going to be ready, Kevin, to start mm-hmm. the season. I'm told he's looking at sometime in late November, early December. But um, on a pretty similar contract to what Connor Brown ended up signing, same sort of style, um, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays when he gets back in the lineup if the Caps can hang in the race. Yeah, $2 million for Pacioretty. Uh, is John Carlson ready to go? Is he good to go right off the hop here? That is the expectation, yes. Well, I mean, uh, again, and, and one last one for you. Uh, do you think, I think everyone's on the same page. Alex Ovechkin breaks Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal-scoring record? Yeah, I think so. The math is certainly in his favor. Um I, I, you know, everyone was expecting him to slow down a few years ago and he got back to 50 two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit slower pace at 42 last year, but, um, you know, he's certainly well on his way to getting there. Well, it's going to be, it'll be like the Maguire Sosa, you know, yep. when everyone was traveling around watching these guys, the media, it was a media circus. It's going to be crazy when that happens for sure. Yeah, and Kevin, one thing to add, too, Mm -hmm. is they did tell Alex Ovechkin when he signed his extension, they promised him, um, as he has three years left on his deal, that as he's chasing that record, that they're going to try and put the most competitive team around him that they possibly can. Yeah. We'll see if they live up to that promise. Well, he's got three more years at nine and a half. So, uh, I mean, he's he certainly wants to stick around and do it. And, man, he's the greatest goal scorer for sure. Uh, hey, Frank, thanks for this, and uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Sounds good, Kevin. Have a good one. Uh, you too. That is our headliner of the day, Frank Saravelli uh, from Daily Faceoff. Uh the Mr. Rooter headliner of the day. There's a reason they call them Mr. For all your plumbing needs, you can go to mrrooter.ca. Text line is uh, firing up again, 1-833-401-1440, 1-833-401-1440. We'll get to some of your texts right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Welcome back to the big program. Coming up to 840 in the capital region, looking for a high of 22 degrees. Had Mark Spector on at the top of the hour, said it was raining on West Side. And I guess, you know, some of the weather guys do know what they're talking about, Duke. They must know what they're talking about. They're sharp. They go to school. They become a meteorologist. Then you go on every 10 minutes and talk about the weather. It's a nice gig if you can get it. Did you ever want to get into that, Duke? 
Weather, no, nah. no, I don't think that's uh, and like especially growing up in agriculture, the the weather the weather person can be your best friend or your worst enemy, uh, and like you really rely on them. So getting an accurate one in that you can rely on and count on uh, regularly to be at least semi accurate is huge. But you're a farmer; you just look up at the clouds, you can tell what's happening. No, I right? check the almanac. Oh, is that's, that what you do, farmer's well, almanac? Yeah, exactly. But look up at the clouds, have a gander. Check the bar. You can feel the barometric pressure. That tells you everything, doesn't it? Well, these days my knee will normally tell me oh. if it's going to rain. It uh, it'll get pretty sore. But bum knee. Oh yeah, yeah. Couple couple times over torn ACL and things like that. So falling off the hay rack or what? That would be a better story than what it is. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's not quite as quite as exciting. A little less. Uh, uh, positive. So, uh, but like the, the weather thing, and there's lots of like old, like farmer's tales and stuff about like, you know, if there's, if there's fog, um, at this day, then you count like it's like 90 days out or something, there's going to be snow or frost or like thing, things like yeah. that. And, and everybody has their own variation of them. Um, and you know, to the size and shape of clouds means it's going to snow, uh, this many days in the future too. So there, there's plenty of things that people rely on in their own circles and, and maybe they've pulled those from the almanac or just experience over the years, but yeah, no shortage of ways to be your own weatherman too. I did the weather at CKOS in Yorkton in 1990, all you know, at night and on the board, it was just outstanding. Uh, text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. This one comes in uh, from Black Eyed Blake. Uh, Warren Fogle is my sleeper pick this year. It's a contract year. Um, if you've got an Oiler player that you think you're going to keep an eye on, shoot us off a text eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. 833-401-1440. Now, we kind of penned this with and, and, and coincided with uh, Scott Burnside's article and Burnside on hockey, and he his article was seven players to watch. I asked him who his eighth player was and who it would be on the Oilers if it uh, so happened, and he mentioned Matthias Ekholm as one. And we asked the same question to Mark Spector. Uh, Speck said Jack Campbell. And we asked the same question to... Frank Saravalli, daily face-off, and his answer was uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So, I mean, it varies. It varies for a lot of the guys that you want to see. And, I mean, yes, everyone's going to be keeping an eye on, the, the you know, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. Um Do you have one, Duke, that you maybe, that maybe outside of, you know, the big three, big four, big five, you know, the usual suspects? Uh, you know, for me, I think I did mention Zach Hyman, but... Um, I've got another one on my mind, but maybe a little lesser known. Do you have one? I think the the bottom end of that defense court, whether it ends up being you know Vincent DeHarnay or Philip Broberg, or maybe they're on a rotation, th- those two guys will be very very important to the Oilers' success because we seen or we did see at times that the Oilers one of their biggest issues remains like defensive coverage and play in their own zone. Um, and those are like you have to put those guys out there. You can't just lean on on three or four defensemen. You need that bottom pairing to be reliable. And whoever it is, maybe playing with Brett Kulak or however they deploy uh, all six guys, seven guys probably on some nights. Um, I, I think either DeHarnay or Broberg will both be paramount to the Oilers' success. This one comes in of Andrew Kane. That was kind of mentioned a little bit by Frank Saravelli as well. Uh, Jordan says Evander Kane will score 30. Another one comes in. A texter says, Dad, you're doing a great job. Love hearing you. You're number one, son. That could be a few guys uh, out there. Th- this comes back. I don't have any kids, Duke, so don't worry. Don't worry. When I was covering the Alberta Golden Bears hockey team a long time ago, and football too, uh, 
I did some games with uh, big Bobby Stoffer for football and then did lots of color for hockey and things like that. But a lot of guys on the team ended up calling me dad because I sort of hung around with the team and was a little bit older. Guys like Brad Tuchik and Richard Hamula and then Chad House was on the football team and all these guys started calling me dad. So that's where where that comes from. So whoever, and no, no, uh, just number one son. So it could be all these guys said they were the number one son. It's just like the Seinfeld, you know, the number one dad, you know, I world's greatest dad, you know, so. Um, back to uh, the real stuff here. Uh, for me, Dylan Holloway. I'm going to say Dylan Holloway is a guy that I'm really going to be keeping an eye on. Um, I, you don't call it camp anymore, to be honest with you. Just call it, you know, preseason camp. I mean, it's a day or two and they get right rolling into preseason. It's not like it used to be where you would have scrimmages and, you know, there would be some animosity at times. Uh, I think those days are done when it comes to NHL training camps. Basically what happens now is they get things rolling and get right into preseason. So um, Dylan Holloway, uh, first round draft pick in 2020. Uh, He had glimpses last year. Uh, was sent down to Bakersfield, but then got hurt right away. Would have been a call-up had he not been injured. And then the way the season progressed, just there was no way to get him in. Uh, Finished the season just uh, with 12 games in Bakersfield because of the injury. But he did play 51 games for the Oilers last year, scored three goals, six assists, had uh, nine points. So uh, 21 years old, coming 22 in a couple of weeks. Big, skates fast, uh, needs to learn to play without the puck better, needs to uh, have a little more awareness on the ice. If you ever end up talking to Rob Brown, who does such a great job analyzing the Oilers, uh, when Rob was in Kamloops, Ken Hitchcock was his coach, and we're going to get Hitch on one of these days and inducted into the um, Hockey Hall of Fame, very well deserved for Ken Hitchcock. Been around a long time, done some great things with Sports Central for our city. Uh, when when Rob Brown was in Kamloops and Ken Hitchcock was the coach, I mean Brownie had over two hundred points, and I mean he was insane. But Ken Hitchcock said to him, uh, "When you have the puck, you can do whatever you want with it. But when you don't have the puck, you have to do what I say." And Rob Brown says tells that story all the time because it's true. And Hitchcock used to say, you know, I mean, Rob Brown is as talented as it gets when it comes to a junior hockey player. I mean, Ken Hitchcock wasn't going to be able to tell him what to do and how to be creative and how to look for another player, um, how to read and react. But and you don't have the puck, then you have to make that transition to where you are not a defensive liability. Uh, so that's part of where Dylan Holloway's game is right now uh text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. 401 uh oh that was the football son so that was chad house that sent it in he just uh wants to make that clear so my number one son is chad house apparently so um anyone else on your mind uh duke that you want to keep an eye on i mean we're a couple weeks away yet here but I think a lot of people are so jacked up about the Oilers. That's, I mean, and we know we're, we're an Oilers city. That's what we are. Um, another one on the text line comes in from, uh, says, Raphael Lavoie is a big opportunity to make a third, fourth line that's hard to play against. Thoughts on that one? 
Yeah, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday and in, in some of the um, – when we were talking with Stephen Ellis about the Oilers' prospect pool, and, and Lavoie is kind of a guy that because of the contractual situation and, and waivers, uh, I believe he's waivers eligible this year. That combined with the couple veteran guys, Gagne and Sutter on PTOs, it's going to make for a, a actual competition in camp for some of these bottom spots and, and maybe not an everyday player. What I wonder with Lavoie is like if he's not going to be playing every day – that like could hinder his development, and and like I said, I know the situation that you know someone if you put him through waivers, somebody's probably going to claim him uh, because of the tantalizing like physical package he brings. I I just I'm not sure where he fits in. Do you want him playing fourth line minutes, even if it is on a regular everyday basis? I, I'm not sure about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texture writes in Jordan says with Ekholm, I expect Nurse to be more settled uh, and solid overall. Um, Rockford, uh, this is actually, I, I forgot to mention that this morning, Rockford uh, writes in, uh, has Maxime Comtois agreed to a PTO anywhere? Well, uh, rumors have it that he will be Vegas. Uh, I think Rene Lavoie from uh, TVA announced that this morning, that Maxime Comtois, Comtois will uh, be in Vegas on a PTO. Now, here's another guy, Young. Um, he had a really good season with Anaheim a couple of years ago, but has dropped off. Um, if you remember him with the national junior team, he had a really solid world junior tournament a couple of years ago. Uh, fell out of favor in Anaheim, but in 2020, 2021, he had 16 goals, 17 assists in 15 games. He's only 24 years old, turns 25 in January. Round two, 50th overall by the Ducks. Um, last year played 64 games. Just had nine goals, so his play would have been dropped off and they failed to keep him in the Ducks organization for whatever reason. But those are the guys that if you can snag on a PTO at that age and he pushes someone at camp, that's a good pickup. Played two World Junior Championships, had five goals in five games in 2019. Uh, he's a big kid, two, 210, six feet. So uh, Maxime Comtois, uh, Rene Lavoie, of TVA reports that he will be in Vegas to sign PTO with the uh, Golden Knights. Uh, what else is going on today, Duke? What's striking your fans? We've got a few minutes here before we hit the top of the hour. Grant Fear is going to join us at uh, top of the hour. Uh, how good is that? So we've got Grant Fear, Charlie Huddy, Kelly Rudy coming up in the next couple hours. I mean, yeah. we get the guess. We get the guess. Yeah, that's uh, about as good of a, a lineup as you can ask for. You know, Hall of Famer, a five-time Stanley Cup champion, and Rudy, of course, uh, a well, well-versed well former NHLer himself and now a, a top-drawer analyst with Sportsnet. So the uh, the talent that we got coming up on the back half of the show this morning is is elite. I think every day it. our guests are elite guests. <coughs> Excuse me. Our guests are elite. Our co-hosts are elite. You know, between Laurie Ann Munzer, Grant Fear, David Schlemko, Ladislav Schmid, Eddie Steele. I mean, and well balanced too, yes. right? It's not we don't just have uh, the same uh, same type of guest on every day. You know, we got uh, Laurie Ann with, of course, her background in in cycling, and now the the kind of uh, mindset coach um, world that she's in. Some hockey guys, some newer age hockey guys, and then of course a legendary CFL player like Eddie too. Uh, before uh, before we move on to another thing, Kevin, I just wanted to mention anybody listening: if you are texting us at one eight three three four one fourteen forty, I promise you we are receiving them. 
we're still having a few issues with the outgoing tech side of things. So if I don't respond to you or Kevin or myself doesn't respond mm-hmm. to you, we're not ignoring you. It's just a, we, we're unable to send texts at the moment that should be remedied here uh, in the very near future. But we get them. We appreciate your texts and we want to keep seeing them coming in. We get to as many of them as we can actually on air to address them. But th- sometimes there's just so many that we, we can't always. So we appreciate you texting. Don't stop. We can hear you. And put your name on them. Yes. Put your name on them and we'll get them out there. Uh, David sent one in and, uh, the Duke responded to him. So, um, man, so you're, you're like the $6 million man, Duke. So you've had the knee, two knee surgeries. I've only had it rebuilt once. Oh. I didn't, I retore it last summer. Um, <laughs> and that was afterwards, it was kind of like humming and hawing. And yeah. I, I will say this, and we've talked quite a bit about injuries this little bit, the JK Dobbins situation, yeah. Aaron Rodgers now. And I, I will say like a knee thing is, I don't think nearly as bad as an Achilles from all accounts that is the worst injury you can suffer as an athlete. And believe me, I'm not much of an athlete. Um, but like just post-surgery and recovering, especially when it's not your job to do that, like as a pro athlete, like just as an everyday person, it's pretty it's pretty tiring to, to whether it be physio or the pain or being laid up for a week. So I, I just wasn't inclined to, to get reconstructive surgery again on the knee. I'm just kind of, you know, a little bit of rehab, try and strengthen what's left of it. And I mean, hey, I'm playing playing beer league hockey in this year. I think my days of playing senior hockey are probably over. <laughs> what about uh, for the critters, the CFCW critters? I, I want to play so bad, but they always play on Thursday yeah, nights. You're busy, and Thursdays. I'm uh, hosting yeah. Thursday night football at the Brew House. So may, I know they play well into the back half of the winter once Super Bowl passes yeah. in early February. Hopefully, I there's still a spot on the squad for me, and I'd love to. Uh, Love what, to join up with Marty and the crew. What position are you? I'm a bit of a utility guy. I've, oh, I've, really? I, I can play net. I oh. did defense is my my home spot, but I got the gear to play net and have done that a little bit. And then you know I don't mind jumping up on forward for a few shifts here and there, get a few goals to pad the stats too. Did you uh, ever see the Bionic Man, Lee Majors? Uh, what I referred to? I, I know the reference. I've never yeah. actually seen it myself. Oh yeah, Andre the is, Giant yeah. was in uh, one of the episodes. He was a uh, like this Bigfoot, the Sasquatch. With Lee Majors, and then they had the $6 million woman in, as well. So, uh, man, we're lucky to have you. Uh, you know, <laughs> with all the injuries, the Duke is still going. It's impressive. Uh, speaking of injuries, a few uh, coming down in the uh, NFL today. Steelers wide receiver Dante Johnson expected to be sidelined a few weeks. Hamstring against the 49ers that he suffered on Sunday. That comes from Adam Schefter. Uh, I don't think is there anyone more connected than Adam Schefter. I don't. Oh, he's he is he is uh, the insider. Right? Yes. Um, and then Schefter again. Broncos tight end Greg Dulcich or is it Dulcich? I'm not sure. Dulcich, I think. Uh, multiple weeks uh, hamstring. So we're going to see some shuffling. I think uh, in roster positions when you go with fantasy teams early on for sure. Um, Uh, Rockford comes in. I I re I read Pulleyarvi could be headed to Columbus on a PTO. Maybe a reunion with Liney could revive his career. Ooh, we're gonna check into that for sure. Um, a lot of texts coming in. So one eight three three four zero one. We're gonna hit the brakes here. Pump the brakes for a second. Um, we will be back with Grant Fear, Hockey Hall of Famer. At the top of the hour to talk all things hockey, golf, football, and everything else. Uh, before we do that, here's the Duke with a sports 1440 update.